0: I feel pretty comfortable with the following statement. This past Saturday of college football was by far the best Saturday of college football we have had all year. It's been a weird year. We haven't had a clear-cut Heisman favorite. We haven't really had massive games, at least leading up to them. right? It hasn't felt like we've had some of those Alabama-LSU 2019 games that, that we've seen before, right? We, we haven't had the Alabama-Georgia from last year where everyone was just waiting for it, leading up to it. We haven't had those games. But, man, did Saturday just feel refreshing. And so joined here, as always, by Cam Urshry. Cam, I need you to do me a favor today. Don't let me start looking forward. We have Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday to do that don't let me start looking forward because I I don't feel like that would give this past Saturday the proper credence and it's proper due because there's so much to talk about. So much stuff happened on the field. So many streaks ended so many big results, a lot of embarrassing results too. So, just do me a favor, don't let me start prognosticating for it. If I start talking about uh the, the the final four, if I start talking about Heisman watch, if I start talking about anything like that, just stop me and say, Christian focus on Saturday. Sound good?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I won't let you do that, man. To, uh, it was it was, I mean, good gosh. It was a beautiful, it was a beautiful Saturday. This is the best rivalry week we've had In the past couple of years, I mean, Oklahoma, for the first time in how many years, is not playing in the Big 12 championship. Michigan, after 10 years, finally beats Ohio State. Alabama is taken to the brink by a 6-5 Auburn. I mean, it it doesn't get no better than that.
0: It was just an awesome week from start to finish, right? That's kind of how I want to do this. I want to go down kind of in chronological order, and let's start with the game, Michigan-Ohio State. It's at the big house awesome turnout from the Michigan fans top 5 matchup and man it it just felt like it had all of it had the electricity where you felt like something special could happen you had the snow which was awesome just local weather reports saying that snow wasn't supposed to roll in until that night but it rolls in just in time for kickoff so you have kind of like a light dusting on the field it didn't look anything like we saw over in East Lansing between Penn State nah. uh, and Michigan State but enough right enough to make it feel like Big 10 football and just from the opening whistle i have it down here on the notes michigan smacked ohio state that was that was staggering to me seeing what michigan did to ohio state and i don't think we should be overly surprised and i'll be the first to admit i thought ohio state was going to win this game by two scores just because of what i had seen from ohio state the week prior and from what we've kind of seen from michigan but you kind of got to throw all that out of the all the all the records out the window when rivalry teams get together and This game was just physical football versus a team that only has one way to play. Uh, For Ohio State, that's up-tempo. They can throw it and run it. We saw it uh, against Michigan State. They can throw for 300 yards, they can rush for 200 yards a lot of times in the same game. But what I don't think Ohio State was prepared for, Cam, was somebody to just physically dominate them up front. And that's exactly what Michigan did. And Ryan Day and Ohio State just did not have an answer for it
1: yeah it was impressive uh this was the game where i said something gotta give it's been 10 years something gave and uh, michigan they manhandled ohio state they had 300 rushing yards to ohio states i think 64. when you can rush for 300 yards in the snow that's what you have to do in that type of weather they manhandled them and i mean michigan's pass rush it's it's something to behold like hutchinson and um i forget the other kid's name 55 those two guys are goons, man. Like, they're legit, and that D-line is legit. They're legit. Um, but, I, you know, I, I was excited Saturday. I'm like, okay, come on, Michigan. You know, pull one through. I just – I went to see the underdogs win the game, and they finally did.
0: Yeah, you said it. Two ninety seven to 64 on the ground, and just unbelievable performance there from Michigan's defense. But I thought it was the offense that really stood out to me. How about Haskins? 28 rushes 169 yards on the ground and 5 touchdowns in the game. We always talk about Ben where it's uh he obviously had an all-American career at Florida but it's the moments uh, in your college career that kind of stand out to you. Like when you think back of Johnny Manziel, you don't think about his entire career, which was awesome. You think about one moment where he kind of fumbled the ball into the air, spun around, and found a receiver in the end zone against Alabama. So it's just it's moments. And for Haskins to have five touchdowns in the biggest game that he was going to play at Michigan, I thought was just absolutely awesome and something that he's going to live – Kind of just in the the hall of the Michigan Hall of Fame forever, right? They're gonna put him up on the Mount Rushmore at least when it comes to this yeah. game in terms of those performances. Again, Hassan Haskins, twenty eight carries, one hundred sixty nine yards, averaged six yards a carry and five touchdowns. And the funny thing about it, Cam, is none of them were like overly long. Like he had as long on the day was twenty seven, so it wasn't like he had a hundred yards rushing on twenty five carries and then busted a big one to get him to 169. It was just in your face, six yards at a time. And what I thought was really cool was how patient he was running the football. Cause he would get behind those big offensive linemen for Michigan, which if you watch the game on Saturday, they, they, I don't know if they saved it all year or they just installed something new going into this week, but they were doing so much stuff with their offensive line that no one had seen Michigan do yet. A lot of pin and pull stuff, a lot of two people pulling and coming back and using the H back a lot in their sets. Michigan came right at Ohio State. And Ohio State, all the five stars in the world, really good defensive line, had absolutely no answers for it. So what did it come down to, Cam? A really good defensive line and running the football, and Ohio State didn't have an answer for it.
1: Yeah, sounds familiar. Uh, I said Saturday, they kind of reminded me of Georgia a little bit, the way they played that game. I mean, they just ran the football right out of them and played physical football. But, I mean, Michigan, they got two running backs, Corum and Haskins. I think Corum has 865 yards in the season, Haskins 1,200. I mean, they're impressive. I mean, I know that one loss to Michigan State, it happens, but they're really, really impressive, and – Man, hey, 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 they're going to be a tough out. I really do believe they're going to be a tough out because they're able to run the ball and get to the quarterback at any moment in time.
0: So they are now playing Iowa in the Big Ten championship game after Wisconsin loses to Minnesota. Like I said, it was a wild weekend in college football. We have so much to dive into here. What I want to do is I want to take a quick break here. When we come back, we're going to talk about Bedlam, Absolutely got to talk about the Iron Bowl. When we come back, I want to talk about Georgia and Georgia Tech. I said we were going to do this kind of in a chronological order. Another game was happening at noon. A completely different kind of vibe in this game. But I think a game, at least when you're talking about our coverage area, that was hugely important. It was never in doubt for Georgia, but I think something became abundantly clear in that game. I want to dive into that next. So let's take a quick break. This is Christian O'Kell alongside Cam Hersery here on 2nd Down. If you missed any portion of our show or if you want to catch up with any of our shows, find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, ESPNCoastal.com. Just look up and Coastal on any of those podcast platforms and you can find all of our shows there. We'll dive into more college football next right here on 2nd Down. Second down on ESPN radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. Georgia, a 45 to nothing winner over Georgia Tech in clean old fashioned hate Uh, for the Georgia Tech fans out there keeping score. That is 100 to nothing in Georgia Tech's final two games of the season. And to make matters worse, Cam, and I I didn't know about this until we were going into break breaking just four minutes ago. Georgia Tech running back Jameer Gibbs, arguably their best player, has entered the transfer portal. I believe he only got four carries on Saturday against Georgia, maybe banged up. We don't know what happened there, but just utter domination, uh, not just from the Georgia football team, but I thought from the Georgia program on Saturday, Cam, looking at Bobby Dodd and seeing it 90% full of red. We talked about this on Friday. We were like, yeah, maybe like 75%. Because the Georgia Tech fans just are over it. They're tired of going three and nine. And then you see it on Saturday, and it looked like Sanford Stadium. There's people on Twitter who were legitimately like, why is Georgia wearing white at home? Right? It, that's how bad it was. And I thought Saturday marks the lowest point for Georgia Tech. I know a lot of people thought about during Paul Johnson's tenure and just so sick of having that flex bone triple option with Paul Johnson. A lot of people thought maybe last year was the low point uh, towards the beginning of the year. And then you saw some stuff that maybe gave you a little bit of hope going into this year. But I think this year with the expectations you had into it to finish it on that note at home against your in-state rival, who is now 12 and 0 in the number 1 team and has a 99% chance to make the college football playoff and you finished the season 3 and 9 as we mentioned the last 2 weeks getting beat 100 to nothing and now your best running back, best player arguably on your team is in the transfer portal. I think this marks a low point point. and what makes it even worse cam is any other coach if Williams Bryce was 90% orange when Clemson came to take on South Carolina, if Jordan Hare was 90% Crimson when Alabama came to take on Auburn, right? any of those coaches let that happen, they're fired the next day. The fact that Georgia Tech fans are so apathetic or they're so mad at the program that they won't spend money to go watch them play Georgia, knowing the result, knowing the result, but... Again, that's why you play the games. You can't be there to see something amazing happen if you don't actually go to the game. This I think marks a low point for Georgia Tech. This is rock bottom right here. Now you fired a couple of coordinators and Jeff Collins is going to be back next year. So it could probably get worse. But I'm just I'm I'm curious on your thoughts on this, Cam, because I don't think it can get much worse for Georgia Tech. No, it
1: can't get much worse. I mean, who did they lose to early in the year? Um, like Northern Illinois, Illinois? What was it? What team was it? Yeah, Northern Illinois. Northern Illinois. Uh, yeah, I mean, it gets no worse than that. I mean, I know they had a close game with Clemson. I thought that was going to be the turning point where they beat the heck out of uh North Carolina, who's going to a bowl game as well. But normally I have to answer for things like this, but I don't outside of And I don't like calling people out on their job. But you going three and nine, Getting outscored 100 to zero in your last two games. I don't care who you play. You should never get outscored 100 to zero. H- how do you necessarily have a job after that and could come back? What do you say to recruits when you go to recruit? What can you pitch? What can you give them well, what each the, and every year to get in the comp?
0: I think that's the point. Is And I said this at the beginning of the year. I think the 404, the culture stuff is going to come back to bite Jeff Collins because I, I really don't think high school kids care about that. I think it's more of a ploy. For the fan base, but I don't think the fan base cares about that. You know what they care about is winning. I think what recruits care about is facilities and staff and communication and progress. That's what recruits care about, right? Recruits don't care about a hashtag. They care about a program. They care about where they're gonna go spend the next three to four years of their life with somebody. I I, I think all of that gimmicky stuff is coming back to bite Jeff Collins because now no one has any patience for him. Right now, Uh, this is per Jeff Schultz from The Athletic. Georgia Tech under Jeff Collins has been shut out four times. Four times in three years. They hadn't been shut out in the 22 years prior to him arriving at Georgia Tech. It's bad, and and it's only getting worse as you look at what's happening with the roster. And Cam, here's what's even worse than that. Here's what's even worse than that. You're not going to get a good coordinator. Because any legitimate coordinator out there or position coach who's wanting to make the jump to coordinator, they're not going to take that job because they know it's a one-year lease. They know coming into coming into Georgia Tech, more likely than not, you're going to be there for one year because the entire staff's probably getting fired next year. Unless you can pull off something miraculous. And I would say a bowl game would be the bare minimum for him keeping his job right now only reason I think he still has a job right now is because he still has four years left on his deal but but Saturday was I just think a microcosm or a culmination whatever you want to call it of Georgia Tech right now and it's in stark contrast to what's happening just up 85 going to Athens right it, that's I think makes it so much worse right? It's why it makes it so much worse for a Dan Mullen. When you see what Kirby Smart and Georgia are doing, it puts a lot of pressure on the rivals to try to play catch-up. It's what Nick Saban's been doing in the SEC West for a decade, right? How much turnover have we seen at so many of these schools that the coach probably keeps their job except for the fact that, oh, we have to beat Nick Saban every year. I think it's a rough way to end the season playing the best team in college football, but at the same time, you got to show at least a little heart.
1: Yeah, I mean, you have to show a little heart, little fight. And I watched some of the games Saturday. I wouldn't sit here and say I watched all four, four quarters because it got out of hand really quick. But, I mean, you have to put up a little fight. You're not giving your fans nothing to root for. But, like I said, I hope the program does get better because, I mean, I know they're Georgia's rival, but you don't want to see anybody lose their job. But you got to make a bowl game next year. Six to seven wins. That's the minimum. That's the bare minimum next year. Three and nine. Uh, being unsuccessful like you have the past two years, that's unacceptable.
0: Is uh is the most surprising result of the season, Georgia Tech 45, North Carolina 22?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's That's what I was getting at. That was the most shocking win they have. And I don't know what that says about North Carolina or what it says about Georgia Tech. I'm still shocked about that.
0: It was just utter domination. And now Georgia – getting ready for the SEC championship. Let's take a look at what some of the Georgia guys did uh, in that game cam. And honestly, I want to start with Stetson Bennett in this one. Hyper efficient, I thought. And that's what Kirby Smart said he wanted to see out of him was just quicker decision-making. Stetson Bennett, 14-20, 255 yards and four touchdowns in the game. I thought Stetson Bennett looked like he was in complete control of this offense. And we've said it. Since, I'll say, the Florida game, because he did not have a great – Game against Florida. But since that game, when you come out of the bye week, he starts against Florida and you know he's your starting quarterback going forward. I think Stetson Bennett's looked a lot better. I think I still think the best he's played was against Tennessee. I know he had the five touchdowns uh, against UAB and then the four touchdowns here against Georgia Tech. But on the road in Rocky Top, doing what he did, I thought that was the best performance we saw from Stetson Bennett. But since that Florida game, he's been a different guy. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that one, he's not sharing any of the reps with the first team, but number two, he knows it's his team and he knows if he makes a mistake, he's not going to get pulled. There's there's no hook waiting for him, right? This is his team until the wheels fall off.
1: Yeah, nine touchdowns and one pick since that Florida game. So, I mean, that's going to work on any team in the country. But I agree, his best game against was against Tennessee, not stat-wise, but production-wise, being able to get the first downs, move the chains on the road against Tennessee, who's not a bad team at all. I was impressed Saturday. 255, four touchdowns, 13 yards per um per pass in the air. Can't really complain, but Brock Bowers, man, he should be up for one Silly. of those awards as a finalist. I don't know how he isn't. He has 10 touchdowns on the season. I don't know how, but I mean that kid is special. I'm glad we're gonna have him for the next what three years after
0: this. I mean, I'd say maybe two years after this if we're yeah, two. if yeah. we're if we're being yeah. generous. Uh, I I okay. mean you had Dan Orlowski – on the call, number one, Dan Orlowski, if you watched the game, he kept calling Stetson Bennett, Stetson Benson. And I don't know if it was just like a just a tongue-tied, like he's combining Stetson and Bennett and came out with Benson. But he kept calling Benson with a great throw there, Benson with a great throw there. If you're the producer, are you not in the back? And like the second time he says it, you're like, hey, dog, it's it's Bennett. Bennett. I don't Dan blame Arlowski that. I don't it, blame it. that on Dan Orlowski. I blame that on whoever his producer was. You got to help your guy yeah. out.
1: Yeah, you got you got to help him out. Dan Dan covers a lot of football and watches a lot of football. He's not going to get every name right, but as a producer, you have to tell me it's Bennett. They're the number one team in the country. Like,
0: Bennett, Bennett, or you just take a lot of what happens. and It's funny because if you've never looked inside of a play-by-play booth, whether radio or TV, it's a little bit easier on radio because you you can't visually get in the way of anything. Uh, but if you watch the if you listen to the TV broadcast, you look on the right and like on the wall there will just be an entire wall of index cards, and a lot of them are pre-prepared where you tape them on the wall and the the play-by-play guy Who's running it will pull it down and he'll read them off and then he'll hand it back to the producer and the producer will kind of rotate the index cards. And so if he has to read a blank sponsorship or if he has to read, uh, if you're on a network, you have to read a promo about a TV show coming up on that network, they pass it down. But you also have a spotter who's sitting next to you with binoculars and he's telling you who made the tackle on the plays. And then a lot of times you'll have a statistician sit next to you too who before the game has said, hey, this person is 17 yards away from 1,000. This person is a couple of touchdowns away from breaking this record. They're sitting next to them as well. So when you're watching the TV or listening to the radio, you're like, these guys are so smart, and they can retain so much knowledge. Now there is a team around these people helping out. Now, it takes a lot of talent to not be able to break it all while you're reading that stuff. And that's why the best of the best are getting the paychecks that they do, the Al Michaels, the – heck, I love Brad Nessler – on CBS, he's been one of my favorites for a long time. Those guys are still good at what they do because they can just process that information and just speak it out in much better and much more poetic ways than I or you could. So it's it's always fun, but then at the same time, everybody latches on to the one or two mistakes they made, i.e. Dan Orlowski coming in and saying all these awesome things, and then Benson. You can be perfect, I mean, Dan and then you call Georgia's starting quarterback Stetson Benson.
1: I love Dan Arlowski, So you can make mistakes. Everybody's not perfect. I, I, I don't. Hey, nothing I will ever notion. beat
0: the mistake of running out of the back of the end zone for him for a safety.
1: <laughs> See, as the player, I talk nothing about Dan. As the sports guy, the commentator, the with um, everything Dan does on TV, I actually like. I really like Dan Arlowski. He does a really good job. Play uh, guys, guys mess up all the time.
0: I don't know. I I, I thought that was funny on Saturday, but again just a massive win for Georgia 45 to nothing. All right, moving on. Well, before we do that, I know I said don't let me project forward, but I just have a question for you. If Stetson yeah. Bennett beats Alabama, should he be invited to New York?
1: I I would say invited, yes, win, no.
0: I mean, on the year invited 65% yeah. of his passes, he's 15 40. yards short of 2000. 21 touchdowns to five interceptions, a 188.5 passer rating, and he didn't start three games, and he basically hasn't played after halftime in four or five games.
1: Yeah, you would you you would bring up Bryce, CJ, maybe Jordan Davis, maybe somebody else, but yeah, I, I think mean, Aiden Hutchinson. Throw him in there. I think
0: Aiden Hutchinson threw his name in there uh after his performance in the game I don't know that's just I just I had that thought I'm just throwing it out there trying to stir the pot a little bit uh Bedlam Bedlam was I know we're skipping over the Iron Bowl but I want to have plenty of time for the Iron Bowl in the next segment Bedlam was the game of the day start to finish right from from beginning to end the most entertaining Alabama had the best half hour of the weekend but from start to finish, Bedlam was the best game. Final 37-33, Oak State. They end a six-game losing streak to Oklahoma, and they set up a game with Baylor uh, in the Big 12 championship. And I think if I, I think if Oklahoma State beats Baylor, they are going to have a very strong case to be one of the four teams in the college football oh, yeah. playoff. I think, I think Oklahoma State has to root for Georgia to beat Alabama because it's going to be really hard to get in uh, if Alabama and Georgia are taking up two of those spots. And then you have Michigan, who potentially could have been Iowa, and you have Cincinnati there as well. But that being said, going back to the game, muffed punts, you had three of them. You had 53-yard sprints from multiple from both quarterbacks. You had just awesome stats on both sides. Game. But I just thought, so much fun, because every time you thought this game was over one way or the other, the other team just fought and clawed back. And for as much as we wanted to talk about Oklahoma kind of struggling on offense this year and how Oklahoma State has become a defensive team this year 37-33 and it was it was what Bedlam is it's a wild game nothing's going to be normal from start to finish just an awesome football game
1: yeah it was awesome it was it was very it was very very up and down the entire game I mean Oak State was down nine at one point and it just went on a run and won that game but I mean they beat them and you know ran you know Lincoln Riley out of town uh that's one thing I, but- <laughs> I don't know if they
0: ran Lincoln Riley out of town or the prospect of coaching in the SEC ran, ran Lincoln Riley oh, out of town or I'm or not- Lincoln Riley's wife saying babe as much as i love norman oklahoma i want to live in la
1: i think it's all three i could give i could give all three but man i mean shout out to oklahoma state they have a tough one against baylor cuz as we all know they beat Baylor this year. It's hard to beat it's hard to beat 18 twice in one year. So, I'm looking forward to that but just staying on the game.
0: But, yeah, just look at the look at the score chart. Terrific. Look at the score chart from this one. 7 nothing, 7-7, 14-7, 14-14, 21-14, 21-17, 24-17, 24-24. And then you like you That's said, safe. you get the safety and then you get a touchdown from Oklahoma and all of a sudden it's a 9-point ball game. OU answers with a touchdown, they answer with another touchdown. I mean just all the way through a back and forth game. Now, at that point in the third quarter where you go back to back with Oklahoma getting a safety and then and which came off of a muffed punt, right? You come out, you stop Oklahoma to start the second half, you muff a punt, and then I think it might have been was it the next play? Yeah, very next play on first down, you you get hit in the backfield, fumble the ball, give up the safety. Or, yeah, I guess kick it off back to Oklahoma and they go down and score a touchdown. Just that momentum swing from being 24 24 and potentially getting the ball back to being down nine points in just a couple of minutes. That was a gut punch that I didn't know if Oak State was going to be able to come back from. Because, think about it, they knew even if they lost this one, they were still going to go to the championship and they would have gotten a chance to come back. But the fact that they were able to rally from nine points down and, and beat Caleb Williams in Oklahoma, I mean, just It was what Rivalry Week is all about.
1: Yeah, it was impressive. I was shocked. Um, Oklahoma State hasn't been just a great offensive team this year. So being down nine against a team that is known for their offense, I didn't know if they would be able to come back. I I did pick Oklahoma to cover, but I think I
0: picked Oklahoma Oh, I was State on a win. lot of picks this weekend. We all were.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, man, I mean, shout out to Oklahoma State. I do think if they beat Baylor – uh, regardless of what Cincinnati does. I think they actually jumped Cincinnati. I really do.
0: Sadly,
1: but I really do oh, see that. Oh, no, that Cam.
0: Don't say it. Yeah,
1: I do. They've beaten a lot of good teams this year. A lot of them. A lot. Baylor. That means they've beaten Baylor twice and Oklahoma. There's no way you could just push that resume off and say, oh, you lost one game. Got to keep you out the playoffs. That's I wouldn't, I wouldn't think that's fair because essentially – that's kind of the same resume Michigan has right now.
0: All right. I got I want to hit a couple of games before we take a break. Come back and talk about the Iron Bowl. Uh, do you see what happened in Nebraska? No. They were up 21 to 6 in the third quarter, deep into the third quarter against Iowa. 21 to 6. Do you care to guess what the final score was?
1: I know the final score. 28-21. Oh, Lord.
0: Nebraska just another one loss defeat. There to wrap up the season. Did you see what Washington State did to Washington?
1: Um, no, I know Washington State won though.
0: Washington State won the football game. The game was at Washington, and then in the most disrespectful thing I've ever seen in my life, Washington State stormed to the field at Washington. Mm. Okay. Like I, mean, I get I it. Like when you're, it. When you're at home and you upset a rival, yeah, storm your field and celebrate with your team. But to storm your rival's field is the level of petty and disrespectful I think we should all aspire to. And then, I mean, we're not going to talk about it a lot. I know PJ's here, so we just got to go ahead and get this out of the way. How (laughs) awesome was that Penn State-Michigan State game?
1: Beautiful. Beautiful. I love seeing snowy football. How much better was it
0: to absorb it from your couch?
1: Oh, it was way better because I'm not (laughs) out there. I'm not out there. They're cold. I don't do the cold. Nah, hey, can I don't do the cold.
0: Would you would you, you know rather I mean? watch a game where it's let's say September, second week in September, and it's a 330 kick, so it's about ninety-seven with hundred percent humidity, or would you rather have been at Penn State, Michigan State?
1: I'd take the uh three thirty kick, ninety seven degrees. I'll take that. I could put on some oh, shorts no. and cool I'd rather be in the
0: off. I'd rather be in the snowstorm. I can I can put on layers, brother. You can't you can't take Dude. off if you only got a T-shirt on and pants on, you're gonna get arrested if you take on anything else.
1: I, I, I'll be okay. I'm not good with this. I'm not good with the cold in general. Not even the snow. The
0: cold. No. Again, Bougie sitting in the press box.
1: No, I mean, I wouldn't say i I've never been good. I've never been good like that. I not nah, hands get ashy. I get a little cold. <laughs> no, nah, I can't do it.
0: <laughs> not not KD ashy right. No. Oh no. no. <laughs>
1: Nah, not
0: that bad. Not that bad. <laughs> let's, not that bad. Let's take a quick break. I want to come back and talk about the Iron Bowl. It was a Iron Bowl that looked like it was from the 1930s for about 57 minutes, and then the last three minutes, and then overtime were just absolute college football perfection. Christian O'Connell alongside Cam sure We'll be right back after this. Second down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. Christian Gokel alongside Cam Urshery here. Great sale going on at the Uniform Source right now. Black Friday deals still going to locations in Savannah to take care of all of your uniform needs. Look at the Uniform Source on Facebook or Google them. Again, doctors, nurses, teachers, Hey, you got kids going to school and they need uniforms and embroidery. The Uniform Source is your one-stop shop for all of it. Cam, I have a question for you. When it comes to a great game, and I I say game, not moment, but game, can it be terrible for 57 minutes and then be legendary because of three minutes of just awesome content?
1: Uh, I think so. I, I think so.
0: Because that's exactly I mean, what we had with the Iron Bowl, you had oh yeah, you had fifty-seven minutes of just utter domination by Auburn. I don't even I don't even know if it was domination by Auburn or Alabama not able to get out of their own way. But Alabama, I want to make sure I get this correct. Yeah, Alabama did not put points on the board until three o six left in the game. They were down ten to nothing, with three o six left in the game hit a field goal, and then all hell broke loose. Uh, If you're Auburn, you're supposed to win that football game, but sitting there watching it, I don't think anybody thought they were going to do it. Until that clock said triple zero, I still felt like Alabama was going to win that game. It just felt like they had to shake off whatever kind of voodoo Auburn had put on them. But interesting attack from Auburn for 57 minutes because it was it was exactly that it was an attack they were sending five six guys at Bryce Young every single play he was under duress it seemed like every other drive it was a sack or just some sort of big loss for Alabama and then let's just kind of break it down step by step so Alabama gets the field goal Auburn has the ball in that we call it the two or the four minute drive situation right where, where you just have to kill clock and they have a situation where Alabama only has two timeouts. Auburn has a first down, and they can run off a lot of clock. And so they run the ball. They get stuffed. Alabama calls a timeout. So now all of a sudden, you have two plays. Alabama only has one timeout, and you can work a lot of clock here or pick up a first down and just end the game, right? So what happens? with? I want to make sure I get the, the time correct here. Yeah, with 147 to go in the game. Tate Bigsby broke a run off the left side, and, God, it's so hard because you know Tate Bigsby knew he was supposed to go down in bounds, but I also feel like when he broke to the left side of that line and he saw that first down marker, he thought, if I can get to that first down marker, whether I get in or, or if whether I stay in or I get tackled out of bounds, if I pick up a first down, the game's over. And so he started trying to stretch it, and then Jordan Battle comes up and kind of, drags him to the sideline and makes the closest play you could have made which is he tackles him out of bounds stopping the clock 1 yard short 1 yard short that
1: stop on, And that on and that just basically
0: down. gives Alabama another timeout and then on third down Alabama just rocks Alabama or rocks Auburn 4 yard loss calls a timeout and so they get the ball back with 132 to go on the 3 yard line and so, by any metric, Auburn's supposed to win that football game, right? You're still up a touchdown, and they have to go 97 yards with no timeouts in 90 seconds. I, I don't know about you, Cam, but as soon as they got that football back, I was like, they're going to win the game. It's just
1: Yeah, I text what, my friend saying, Bryce Young, Heisman moment right here.
0: That was his Heisman moment right there. That was his moment. Yeah, and I, I, I was kind of thinking all the cliches second. as soon as they got the ball back where I was like, here comes the drive. For Bryce Young, right. this is this is going to be his moment in the biggest game for any Alabama fan, period. I think the best college football rivalry, I know a lot of people say Michigan-Ohio State, I think the Iron Bowl is just the vitriol that those people live with towards each other every single day of the year, the hatred that they have each other, and it's, a, it's an in-state rivalry. I think it makes it that much better. But as soon as he got that ball, you knew it was going to happen. But what I thought was what made that drive truly amazing, Cam, was the fact that Jamison Williams, who's the SEC's leading receiver, was out. And that meant Auburn was going to be bracket-coveraging John Mechie, which you can't do with Jamison Williams in there, but you can bracket-cover John Mechie uh, if he's the sole wide receiver they have left who's been a mainstay for them. They have a lot of talent, obviously. They're Alabama, but it was it was the guys, right? I mean, uh, Brian Robinson leaves the game with an injury. So if you just start looking at some of the names that start making big catches, right? Uh, You have Ja'Cory Brooks, who gets a 21-yard gain out to Auburn's 45, right? Bryce Young picks up some yards with his legs. He tries to throw to Ja'Cory Brooks. Again, incomplete. You get to fourth and seven. Jalil Billingsley makes a big Mm -hmm. play for Alabama in this game. And then, obviously, the touchdown pass to Ja'Cory Brooks, again, from Bryce Young. I think... Jacory Brooks coming into this game might have had four or five receptions total, and then he catches the one of the biggest passes in Iron Bowl history. I mean, it's on, like the it's Philip Cook and Camback level catch, right? Like that's where it's going to go down in the lore of this game. Just such a massive play. It's just if you're playing a team like Alabama, and even if they're not quite the Alabama of years past, which is amazing to say about a team that's eleven and one and is going to be playing for an SEC championship. You have to keep your foot down on the gas pedal, and Auburn just wasn't able to do it.
1: Yeah, it's a heart of a champion. Like, we're talking about the team that's a six time champion, what, in the past 10, 11 years? Like, yeah. the best dynasty in sports a, right now. While, while
0: Nick Saban has been in Alabama, a player that has stayed has never not won a national championship. Yeah,
1: biggest dynasty in sto- sports right now. And I knew it when they got that touchdown. I said they're going to go into overtime and somehow. Oh, yeah. Once once they get the to touchdown
0: and you go to OT, mm-hmm. you're going to give Bryce Young two yards to score every time. That's easy money.
1: Yeah, I knew they was going to find a way to win this game. Now you're on to – and, I yeah, I'm going to push it forward. Now you're on to this Saturday. We, we're Georgia fans. We know what time it is. It's the big game. You, you uh, got to gotta get it done, yeah. This in- is the biggest one for Georgia.
0: Does any camera crew do a better job of finding the pain in the crowd than the CBS camera crews do?
1: <laughs> I saw that. Yeah. I saw it. Yeah. Nah, nobody does it better than CBS. I mean, they those really those
0: camera people are just constantly scanning the crowd looking for anguish, and they find it every single time. Yeah. And it's they not just hurt. like the surrender cobras. Those are easy to find, like, right? Where like the people are being really exuberant. With their anger. CBS finds the people who are like who have just like broken inside and are empty, and you just see like the hollow look in their eyes. That's who CBS finds. And just kind of does like the slow Ken Burns effect where they just kind of zoom in on them real slow and it just kind of lets it sink in for a second. And you really feel that at home. It doesn't matter if it's your team or not. CBS just does a really good job of just finding the pain and painting that picture.
1: Yeah, they they were hurt. I mean, they were happy for about two hours. Two hours of watching football, fifty-seven minutes. Shoot, of game for, th- time. for for
0: three hours, and you were
1: last amped. Last couple of minutes, yeah, yeah, for three hours, and then those last couple of, probably, let's just say, real time, forty-five minutes. It was bad. It's that you pressure have
0: started. To, first to creep and ten in. with the ball, up seven with two minutes to go. Yeah. What what yeah. was the worst loss? This one or twenty-eight to three against Mississippi State.
1: I will honestly say this because of it being the Iron Bowl, I, only because it's been. You could lose to Mississippi State and it's cool. Like, okay, we'll get them back next year. But the Iron Bowl, if they win this game, everything that's happened this year just goes out yep. the books. You beat Alabama, you beat Alabama, it goes out the books. That's how it normally works.
0: That's exactly I what I was gonna say. Was, is yeah. after this one, like after this loss, nobody even remembers the Mississippi State loss. No Auburn fan no, is even no. is even cognizant of that. All they're gonna think about and remember from this season is that loss.
1: And who, who who is it? Coach Harson? Yeah. Harsin? Yeah, if he wins this game, I mean, that's a big booster for him. You go seven and five, go eight and five in a bowl yeah. game. What's amazing? What's amazing is they almost beat
0: Alabama with half a quarterback because TJ Finley on his best day isn't great, but he was hurt and they still mm-hmm. almost got Alabama. It's it's fascinating. I told you we weren't gonna project forward. We're gonna get into all that talk. Tomorrow we're gonna talk about all the coaching news. Uh, some, some more news. This broke a little bit before we came on. Spencer Rattler has entered the transfer portal. Now going to be interested to see, does he go to USC and reunite with Lincoln Riley, or is he mad at Lincoln Riley for benching in for Caleb Williams? We're going to find out where Spencer Rattler goes, a preseason Heisman favorite. So much to dive into. But we're going to take a quick break here. We'll come back, wrap up second down, and get you ready for three and out. Second down on ESPN Radio. Christian Gokel alongside Cam Ershree and Cam, I want to give a quick shout-out here to a couple of teams. Number one, Calvary Day. They see their season come to an end there in the quarterfinals, but heck of a run undefeated in the regular season. Heck of a job there by Mark Stroud and that entire staff. Got a bunch of young players coming back too. But, hey, I know you're you're in here running the board every Friday night for them Benedictine Cadets, and they are headed to the semifinals. They will be hosting north oconee coming up on friday got the danny Britt show coming up a little bit later there on espn radio savannah but i know it's gonna be interesting for you right because you have to sit there and listen to all the games and it's just it's all audio for you man and so you just you developed a relationship with a team that you've never seen
1: (laughs) yeah i've never seen them play but i do know they've already been north oconee this year um i already know they they kind of handled them so you know, I'm going into this game kind of like, okay, you know, you already handled them one time, win this, and you go to the state championship. One game away from winning the state championship. That's big for any program. Shout out to Coach Britt. Nice guy. When I met him, met him a couple of times. But for those kids to win a state championship, that's awesome. That's huge.
0: You think uh, you think Auburn was hoping Holden Garner was there already? I know he was He was at the stadium, <laughs> and so I was waiting for Auburn to be like, hey, man, can you go ahead and come out of the stands. We, we need you, brother.
1: Yeah, yeah, they definitely need him Saturday because
0: uh, <laughs> they don't I, really
1: have too much quarterback play. I don't
0: think it's outside the realm of possibility that we see him playing significant snaps next year. I mean, just I, look. I wouldn't be shocked. If, if Bo Nix leaves. Transfer. Yeah. If yeah. Bo Nix leaves, I, I think Garner beats out anybody they have on their staff. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: That would be real nice for him, too. You can come straight out of winning. I, no. I got. I got them winning the state championship. You come straight out from winning the state championship, and then you go to play. You know, college football.
0: That's right. Three and out. Yep. Coming up next.